1: Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for, and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. And today you're going to hear a message, the first in a series on the book of 1 Corinthians, where Paul paints a beautiful and real expression of the value of unity within the local church. It's time to decide how you're going to identify with its mission of leading people to follow Jesus series is called One. org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at Reachingforreallife.org. Today, it's part two of the message called Saints Together. Pastor Sean is still in 1 Corinthians, but starts off today in Galatians. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: Look at Galatians chapter 5, 13 through 16. He says, for you were called to freedom, brothers... Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Isn't that interesting? This is a church that was caught up in Galatia. They they were kind of leaning back towards legalism. They were trying to go back to kind of some of the old legalism. Some of the Judaizers had gotten in there and trying to get them to be legalistic in their carrying out of their faith. And he's saying, you've been set free from all that. He says, but do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. We'd never do that. Instead, through love, but through love, serve one another. Not put down one another. Not scream at how one another are wrong. Serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, not literally biting and devouring, watch out. That you are not consumed by one another. That's what division does. Gossip, anger, angry words. It is like the body. We're a body together. It's like a body consuming itself and destroying itself. See, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. And then verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. See, division is all about the flesh. It really is. Division is all about the flesh. It says a couple things. It, division says, me first. One of the main core ideas of division. Me first. My needs. What I want. Division also says, I'm better than you. I understand it better. I do it better. I've got it better. I deserve better. I'm better than you. And you may not come out and say this, by the way. It may not ever. We, we might be far too smooth to actually come out and say it like that, right? We don't just come out and say, well, me first, and I'm better than you. I mean, that might be counterproductive. So, but we hide it. But the spirit behind it is me first, and I'm better than you. Which, of course, we understand what we just read about the gospel. That's the anti-gospel. The well, whole point of the gospel is none of us are deserving. There is none righteous, not one. We are all sinners. See, we, even when it comes to sin things, we divide up. You know, that's one of the things that has bothered me about the whole approach to same-sex attraction and the whole sexual ethics thing and, and how, how sometimes we've, we've responded to that because a bottom line is, is we, we look at people who have that and go, you're different, and therefore you're bad. And, and I think the gospel is exactly the opposite. It's like, no, you're exactly the same. You're the same. We all have attractions that will lead us away from God. Hurtful, unhealthy, broken attractions. You know, we all have, you talk about is there a gene that causes those kind of things? Is there, is it just, well, we have the flesh. We all have a, a sin gene. Without deliverance and being set free from Jesus Christ. See, we're not different. I don't look at that group or that group and say they're different. No, we're all the same. We're all the same. We are all sinners who can be saved by grace in Jesus Christ and who can be set free in Him to walk in newness of life and in righteousness. That's the message of the gospel. So, this idea that me first or I'm better than you, it's the anti gospel. Third thing division says division says, I'm the boss. I'm the boss. I'm going to do my own thing. It's like I'm God in my own life with a little g. I'm God with a little g. Nobody's going to tell me. And you're like, well, nobody in the church would say that. Again, these aren't things we say out loud, but it's it's in our heart. And it's the root of division. Why in a Christian church, whether Corinth or, would you choose these little factions based on personalities? Because there's something that says, I'm going to choose. And the gospel says, no, no, no. God's the Father. Jesus is our Savior. And we're followers, so we're going to follow. And I've told you before, the the sin and the brokenness of racism, and what it does to people. All it is is one way that we find a way to to exalt self and look down on someone else and say, "I'm better than you." It's all about me. And I've told you before. If we could get rid of that sin and that hatred. If we could just eradicate it from the face of the earth and it's gone. It's like none of us ever even had any thought of that. We understood truly that we are all really just different shades of brown. Okay? If we ever did that, by the way, the sin nature in us, you know what it would do? It would go after hair color. Or height. Or you know, what part of the world you're born in, or do you have an accent, do you not have an accent? It would go after something else, because what it is is the flesh saying, I'm better than that one, or that one, or that one. It's the brokenness of sin. And it's what causes division. And whether it's racism, whatever, whatever you want, whatever you want, to, whatever ism you want to put in, instead of seeing someone as a uniquely created gift of God, you choose to try to exalt yourself in a twisted, perverse way. Because it really is, you don't actually get any, you don't exalt at all. You're literally tearing yourself down as well. But in your mindset, you think, I'm bigger because I pulled someone else down and I held them at a lower standard. It's just the sin nature and it's what causes division. And it can happen anywhere, wherever division shows up. If it's in a family, if it's in a marriage, you have division in an office at work. You ever had factions in your office at work? No, no, your work is, a, is a, a outpost of holiness. Nobody ever gets weird at your work. I know that. Just know it know it when you see it. And here's the point. If you're taking notes, here's, here's our main point. The cure for the cancer of division is the decision to follow Jesus. The cure for the cancer of division is the decision to follow Jesus. See, division in the church is a symptom of following something other than Jesus. Following Paul, Apollos, Cephas, Baptists, Charismatics, this one, that one, the progressives, the conservatives, whatever, whatever. Division in the church is when we say, I'm not following Jesus anymore, I'm following something else. And see, if we're not following Jesus, I want you to hear this. We are Christian in name only. We are Christian in name, but not in nature. It is simply words without worship. And worship is what it's really all about. What's first in our heart, who we're following. The cure for the cancer of division is the decision to follow Jesus. And division in the church is a symptom of following something other than Jesus. By the way, this is just true anywhere, all right? you know we we all follow something in life and when we're following different things we have problems that's where division and disunity can happen in a marriage the husband and wife come into a marriage and they go oh we're so in love we love each other and we deal with this in marriage counseling all the time that's why we make people go through marriage counseling before we'll do a wedding but isn't being in love enough no it's not no, and I am deeply and passionately in love with my wife. We just celebrated 33 years of marriage, and we are having a blast. We're very thankful. Thank you. Thank you. But let me just tell you, being in love is not enough. See, here's the secret to a great marriage, and I believe this. Marriage was instituted by God. He created us male and female. He designed us for marriage. We are meant to marry. And when he brings us together in marriage, the secret is to follow the same leader. When you are following the same leader, and we, do, we do a little triangle illustration for every premarital couple. We're all in different places and where we come from life, background, all this stuff. As we follow Jesus, we go cl- get closer to the head, which is Jesus, we get closer to one another. And it's the truth. It's the truth. Following a different leader. The principle's the same at work. When you have these old factions in your office and things like that, that's a leadership issue. When people start following different leaders, that's when you start having division. When you when a leader can cast a strong compelling vision that people go, "Yeah, that's worth following and we can buy into it." That's a key to unity. Well, in the church, obviously we understand it's all about following Jesus.
1: And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called Saints Together. The series on unity is called One, which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. In fact, your gift of any amount right now will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azar. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: Now let me real quickly point out there's a difference between division and diversity. Diversity is really good. Diversity makes things better. Diversity is simply different backgrounds, different perceptions, different people, different types, different genders, working together. That actually strengthens. When when you get diversity that's moving together in unity, that's a very powerful thing because it sees from different perspectives. It becomes much stronger also want to contrast division versus disagreement. The disagreement, when done in a spirit of unity, can really make us better. If you have a workplace or an environment where there's never disagreement, you can't have discussion about disagreement, that can be a problem. You get caught up in groupthink, and and you never get all the ideas and all the different things. Disagreement, when done with respect and in unity. How can disagreement be in unity? Well, it's like a sports team, right? You can disagree on how to score a touchdown. On a football team. But you can't disagree on the need to score touchdowns or on what a touchdown is. The main thing, got, you got to understand, we got to score touchdowns and we got to know what a touchdown is. How we're going to score, there can be lots of different ways, there's lots of different systems, and diversity, and even sometimes disagreement can get us better at accomplishing our goal. But division is different. It's when we're following a different leader. We're following a different goal. See, That's true in business, it's true in family, it's true in church. And in the body of Christ, we understand our one goal. If you get nothing else today, get this, our one goal is to follow Jesus, to become like Jesus, to glorify Jesus. If Paul didn't make it clear, let me say it again, it's all about Jesus. That's what the gospel is. And that's what the church is about. See, the cure for the cancer of division is the decision to follow Jesus. Now, real quickly, a couple things to... Kind of help us do that. First, number one, you gotta decide whose you are. You gotta decide whose you are. Who do I belong to? First Corinthians three, twenty one through twenty three. So let no one boast in men. Just a few chapters later, he comes back to this. This is just a couple chapters later in 1 Corinthians. He comes back. No one boasts in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or present or the future, all are yours. And look, look what he says, verse 23. In other words, all these teachers, they're all there for your edification. You can learn from and grow from all of them. And then he says this, and you are Christ. Notice that possessive. You belong to Jesus and He is God's. God's only begotten Son. Do you believe that? Or do you think you kind of belong to you and Jesus belongs to you too? I got Jesus in one compartment of my life. I got got a little Jesus over here. And I'm I got my work. I got my family. I got my goals, my dreams, I got my investments, and and I got Jesus. Is when we understand that, when we really believe, wait a minute, I was created by God, so I'm his by right, because he's the creator. He made me. But then when I sold myself into the slavery of sin, he bought me back with Jesus Christ. So I'm his twice. By right. And if I understand and believe that, that changes everything. That changes how I view my choices, my decisions, my, my my kind of where I see myself. Whose am I? I have to decide that. Because when we in the, in the church, as followers of Jesus Christ, decide we are his, and it's all about Jesus. Oh, things just got way simpler. They really did. Doesn't mean there's not going to be disagreements, doesn't mean we're not going to see things different, but like I said, those things when done in unity can actually become strengths. They can actually lead us to greater places as we get diversity of thought, diversity of opinions and we and we kind of grow. That's how it works. That's why community is so strong. I belong to Jesus. And it becomes a matter of how we identify. Do I see myself as a free agent or a Christ follower? A free agent says, I kind of do what I want, do what I think. And right now, I'm, I'm into Jesus. I got Jesus here in my pocket. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm reading my daily devotional, and I, I love it. And I go to the church of my choice every third or fourth week, and it's awesome. But you know what I'm saying? In other words, I choose. I do, I do, I, I, I do what I want instead of, wait a minute, I belong to Jesus. And then it goes then that influences how we say what tribe are we a part of who's your tribe your tribe should be I'm a follower of Jesus yeah maybe I attend this church and God this is my family that he's planted me in but but we're about following Jesus not about our particular tribe how do you align Galatians 3:28 says there's neither Jew nor Greek there's neither slave nor free there's neither male nor female For you are all one in Christ Jesus. So you're not first an American. You're not first free. You're not first male or female. We are one in Christ. I belong to Christ. That's our first identity. Followers of Jesus Christ. It's our first allegiance. So... And I'm not saying, man, I want you, I want us to be involved in the political process. This election, we got to be involved in the political process. I need people who pray, who listen for the voice of God, who get wisdom from the Spirit to be involved in the political process. Do you believe that? Or should we just let it to those people who don't listen to Jesus? (laughs) And you're like, which party is that? See, I'm not going to say that. Because it's about listening to Jesus. It's about following Jesus. I need Jesus followers to be a part of this election. It is is important. It is really important. But the point is my tribe, my allegiance isn't with a particular party. My allegiance is is with what do I think will allow the freedom to advance the gospel? What do I think God is doing? You know, I tell people I'm a one issue voter. And they go, oh, abortion, you're a pastor, it's abortion. That's a really important issue, and I feel deeply that abortion takes a human life and should be illegal. I believe that. But that's not my issue. My issue is religious freedom. Because I don't think government's the answer. I don't think a political party's the answer. I don't think there's any politician who's the answer. I think Jesus is the answer. So what will allow me the religious freedom to influence people for Jesus? Is there a candidate or a party that really seems to advocate religious freedom? That's a big deal to me. I'm going to be paying attention. That's not the only issue. I mean, I'm not really a one-issue voter. I look at something a lot lot bigger, but that is the number one because I believe the hope for our nation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's how I'm going to vote. Some of you right now, whatever, you're thinking, yeah, he's going to vote for my party. (laughs) Oh, I know, he's going to vote for my party because Jesus would vote for my party. (laughs) Our first identity is as followers of Jesus. Our first allegiance is as followers of Jesus. Understand, anything else is idolatry. It's idolatry. I'm putting something else. I put my party, I put my nationalism, I put anything above Jesus, it's idolatry. The cure for can- the cancer of division is the decision to follow Jesus. Second, decide who you're going to follow. Decide who you're going to follow because this, this is something that I think we've got to do. And that We mentioned this a little bit ago. The secret to unity, follow the same leader. John 8, 12, again Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, following anything other than Jesus will lead to walking in the darkness. Seriously. And the most wonderful things in our life can become dark if we don't follow Jesus and enjoy them in the context of how he designed us and how he designed them. Work can become a curse when we don't first follow Jesus in our work. That's how workaholics are born. That's how work ends up breaking families apart. That's how work becomes obsession. Your marriage, if you can idolize your spouse in an unhealthy way, you can expect your spouse to meet needs that no person could ever meet, that can only be met by a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You can kind of destroy and deteriorate your own marriage by having it out of order and out of alignment. Your family... Anything can become dark if it's followed instead of following Jesus. See, it's a matter of being led by and walking in the Spirit. Galatians five sixteen. but I say walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Every day, Lord, guide me, lead me, help me to follow you. See, the cure for the cancer of division is the decision to follow Jesus. And last thing, and this is so important, decide how you're going to love. Decide how you're going to love. Because in the body of Christ, this is a big deal. We are called to love one another. And we've got to decide am I going to love like Jesus or love like the world. Listen to what Jesus said, John 13, 34 and 35. We very familiar passage. A new commandment I give you that you love one another. And then he tells us how. Just as I have loved you. Just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. Division is such a distortion. Yeah, but those church people online, man, they're, they're, they're following the wrong candidate. I, I should blast them. I should put them down, those evangelicals, those mainliners, those charismatics. No, you shouldn't, because those are your brother and sisters. I'm not saying if someone's walking in sin that we're not supposed to go to them in a spirit of humility, our brother or sister, and work to restore them. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it's totally different when I see them as one of us versus one of them. That simple distinction makes all the difference in the world. See, walking in Jesus means walking in grace. In verse 4, that's what he talked about. He talked about the grace that had been extended to us through Jesus Christ. Do you understand how much grace we've been given? Jesus said in Matthew 10, 8, freely you've received, freely give. He was talking about ministry, talking about healing, teaching. But we have freely been given the gospel. We've freely been given grace. We have to receive that. So how do we handle those who disagree with us? Or those who offend us? Or those who wrong us? How do we handle that? Because that is all the difference between a body that will grow and flourish as a healthy community of believers or a body that will be a shell of its potential. How do we handle it when someone offends us? Because someone will we're not perfect this is a room full of imperfect people and if you're watching online sitting by yourself you are in a room full of imperfect people because <laughs> we are all imperfect that's just the truth that's the gospel the good news is god loved us in spite of that gave us grace because of jesus christ sacrifice on the cross and forgave our sins So we should give grace to one another. See, how do I handle it when someone says something that that hurts me? I give grace. I can talk to them. But talking to them as someone who I love and who is one of us is very different than talking to them as someone who I'm mad at and I want to send away. I talk to them as a fellow brother and sister. One of us. And it changes it. That's when I give grace because... Man, how many people have given me grace? Lots. How much grace did God give me? Lots. Freely you receive, freely give. That's the secret to a unified body. Remembering it is about him, not us. Now here's the deal. Some of you may have a hard time giving grace because you've never actually received grace. Oh, you've been around church. You know in your head you've received grace. But I'm just saying you've never let the grace of God through Jesus Christ penetrate your heart and spirit by accepting Jesus, really accepting Him as Lord and Savior and saying, I'm, I'm going to believe you, Jesus, and I'm going to follow you. If that's you, I want to say you can. You can have His grace today. Yeah, but you don't know what sin I've committed. It doesn't matter. He does, and He loves you, and He calls to you, and He wants to extend
1: grace today. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. If you'd like to hear this full message in the series called One, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our contact us page, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right behind Rotama Park, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. I hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.